This is a free download from the BBC. For more information, go to bbc.co.uk slash podcasts. Hi all, welcome to Ian Lee's podcast. He's not here, so we're making the links sound good. I'm Paul Scoynes, the political reporter. I'm Catherine Boyle. You can call me the boss. I'm Kelly Betts. I don't really do anything. And I'm J Dog. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's start the podcast the way we mean to go on. Here's a conversation Ian had about a dog's bum. On the subject of what would you do if a, a, a burglar came into your house, is Steve in St Albans. Good morning, Steve. Morning, mate. Steve, what would you do? Well, I, what I was going to ask, what happens if your dog's attacked someone? Uh, well, it, it, it depends who they're attacking. Is this a burglar? Yeah. Well, I, 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 depend, I guess it depends on what they do to the burglar and what the burglar is doing. Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. We used to take a little Jack Russell with us to the horse shows and that. Mm-hmm. And um, she used to be outside the horse box and everyone was warned and knew what she was like. And this old boy, what we knew, stepped over the top of her. She jumped up and grabbed his crown jewels and hung from them. Oh, dearie me. And every time you tried to get her off light, you know, her eyes went white and she had another bite at them. Oh, flipping neck. <laughs> He, he was the old boy, though, was he? So he didn't need them. <laughs> you know, I've said, I've given this advice before. You know how to stop a dog biting, don't you? There's many things to say, but most of them don't work. Finger up the backside. Don't work. Have you tried it? I have tried many things. The best thing to do <laughs> is, uh, is, is their ear roll is the most sensitive place on them. Right. Just, uh, just so you lick really, it. Really, yeah. Put your tongue in it, that's it. Um, <laughs> no, you just squeeze it and twist it like, you know, and cause a bit more pain than that, and they usually let go then. OK. But you, when, did, when did you have cause to try putting your finger up a dog's bum? Well, um, a bloke went and had his dog attack one of our horses. Right, well, and, blimey. And uh, he, he was saying you'd do it. Anyway, I stood and I said, I had, I, I had hold of the dog, and you know, in the end, I just uh, choked, put a bit of bailey string in, choked him Ooh. a bit, and all of a sudden he just let go. Flipping heck. Steve... Yes, very quickly, before I let you go, thank you very much for that call. Do you know when the word grotty was first used? Uh, it might have been when Tony Blair was in power. It was a little bit before Tony Blair. It was a little bit before Tony Blair. It's a good one, this. I, I hope it's true. I think, you know, it is true. I, yeah, it's a fact. The word grotty was a talking point on Monday's show. I know, it was, it was that bad. Ian asked if anyone knew the origin of the word Grotty. Our political reporter, Paul Scoynes, thought he knew the answer. One, one quick thing before you go, Paul. Do you know the origins of the word grotty? Um, I imagine it's got something to do with uh, grot bags. <laughs> Is it not that? From, um, from the yeah. Pink Windmill show with Rod Hull and Emu. Uh, w- yes, yeah. So not, basically that word's only been around since the mid-80s, hasn't it? This is something quite special. Here's Monday's Ian telling today's you exactly where the word grotty came from. Ladies, would you like me to educate you? Oh, please. Oh, do. Could you do... Right, Kelly, you try. What? Sorry, what oh, did you say? Just say... Just... Oh, yeah. Listen, if I was Chris Evans, right, doing the Radio 1 Breakfast show back in We'd the... We'd be being oh, paid like a lot him. more, wouldn't we? Yeah, I like him. No, you would... It's good. Oh. It's brilliant. Right, OK, so uh, this I is... I what he's talking about. Right, go away. Go away. I'll do this on my own then. So the word grotty comes from, and, and well done to Kyle for getting it on Facebook, book. Uh, it was written by Alan Owen. It's turned off, love. It's not. Oh. It's written by Alan Owen uh, and it was first said by uh, George Harrison in the Beatles film A Hard Day Night. Don't believe it. Well, it's true, A Hard Day's Night. His mum probably said it before. No, no, no. The, Alan Owen wrote A Hard Day's Night and he came up, he invented the word grotty. How many words have you invented? Loads, but we've got a man out there who reckons he invented the word twonk. I've heard that before. Yeah, that's, that's not true. People that's... do think that they've invented things when they haven't. Yeah, I invented the word shindiggery. Did you? Yeah, I did. Well done. Thanks very much indeed. Grant in Milton Keynes. Good morning, Grant. Hey, uh, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, Grant. What would you like to say? Um, well, someone told me that the word grotty was first used in a hard day's night. I think George says it when they're in the mirror having a shave or, or at some other point, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think I just told you about 30 seconds ago. Is that, did, you, did you know that as well? Yeah, I, I just said it on the radio. 
I know I, I, I had to turn off. I was in my car and then I had to go to work. So, uh, oh, okay. So well, let's pretend. Let's pretend I've not just said it on the radio because I, I don't want to okay. steal your thunder. Now, I believe Grant knows the answer to our question. We've been posing our uh, quiz Monday fun quiz question. We've been posing all morning. Where does the word grotty come from, Grant? Where, where do you think the word grotty comes from? I think it was first used in the Beatles from a Hard Day's Night. Really? Let's. That's what. I, that's what I've heard. Let's find out if you're right. Well done, you've got the, uh... Oh, hang on. Awesome. Yeah, hang on, nearly finished. You've got the fun fanfare, Grant. Well done, and you win a lifetime supply of petrol. Beautiful, I look forward to receiving you, that. You, we will send it through the post in jiffy bags. Thank you very much indeed, Grant. Uh, just for legal reasons, I have to say that uh, Grant will not be receiving any petrol in jiffy bags. They'll just be normal brown envelopes. I know what you're all thinking, and the answer is Yes. Yes, we do know what JVS's Nan sounds like when she passes wind. And you will too, after this. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon-Smith is fiddling around with my box. What on earth oh, are you doing? Now they work. Yeah, you when see. When you plug them in, they work. It's, it's one of the things I learned at uh, radio school. Plug the headphones in. That was day one. Yes. Day one. I didn't go to day two. Did you not? No, I stopped. Gosh. That's all I needed. I'll explain it. I'm, um, <laughs> I'm going to take that as a compliment, implying I'm a maverick. Yes. Thank you very much yeah. indeed. You're right. I'm all right, thank you. Yes, you're all right. I'm good. I'm good. My, my chest is clearing up. I had a steam on Friday, a little steam. Did you? I did. So everybody at the uh, local gym has now got my lurgy. Oh, that's nice. Um, and I had a very relaxing weekend. What did I do? Saturday, not a lot. Sunday, watch some films. Right. Yeah, it was nice. Well, that's, uh, that's very exciting. I um, didn't I, ask. Oh. Well, no, I mean, but... Well, you've started you, it now, so... But do, I, do you, uh... Do you, you want to know? Well... Uh, no. Um, I don't know. I need to speak to my producer, Catherine. I don't know. Do, do we want to know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kelly? Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Away you go. Well, I mean, whatever I say now, it's going to be a terrible letdown. We'll, well see. I'll tell you one funny story. Yesterday, uh, I went to, went to my uh, my family's house. Yes. And uh, my 90... She'll be 99 very shortly, 99-year-old grandmother. Yeah. Seemingly, the old Brussels had an effect on her. Oh. And uh, she announced that she'd like to get up to spend a penny. Of course. So I said, I'll help you. I'll help you. So, I got, you know, I got under one arm yep. and under the other arm. And I'm helping to lift her out of the chair. Yeah. Oh, my word. What, what, a, what a mistake that was. Well, what happened? Dear, I well, let's just put it like this. I was in quite the wrong position. What did she do? Well, she'd had Brussels sprouts. You know the effect. Oh, my God, Chicken really? when you're 99. Oh, Good that's Lord. how unpleasant. But listen, when you're, when you're that age, you can do pretty much... Did it sound a bit like this? <laughs> Is this your grandmother at the weekend? <laughs> Very much like that, really. Yes, and yes. for about the same length. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless her. <laughs> when you're 98, you can do what you want, can't you? Oh, it's very funny. How and the best grand- part was, she was the only one in the room that didn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Kelly Betts is like that every morning. It really is, uh, it really is inappropriate. You really? Wish. Yeah, what <laughs> why? Now, how is your, your granny? She, she well and good and healthy? She, well, she's still alive. Excellent. She's, she's clinging on. Excellent. We're <laughs> willing her to make it to a... I'm sure she will. Want wit. Smile. Magnificent or magnif. Biodegradable. Well, they're our favourite words, but what are yours? Well, we put it to the people of beds, hearts and books to uncover the favourite words of the three counties. First for news. Has anybody phoned up yet with their favourite word? Uh, no? Well, no. No? Hang on a second. We have right. been... So I'm right. Is that what you're saying? No. We have right. been very, very busy, Justin. Yeah. Dealing with... So uh, who's phoned up with their favourite word? Nobody. Is that what you're saying? No. Listen, we're going to talk to you and we're going to hear your audio, which better be longer than 26 seconds. Yes. <laughs> and then we are going to... Oh, then the, we're going to rack up all of the ah, calls. right. OK. Everybody so, who's called in with their favourite word. Oh, 08459455555. Uh, What's your favourite word? Mm. There's, there, there might be space to squeeze mm. in one or two mm. more callers. But we've so got I spoke lot. to you, what, uh, an hour and ten minutes ago and you said, oh, everyone's got a favourite yep. word. Yep. Everyone's going to be phoning up yep. and, and not one person's phoned up. we got... You... <laughs> come, oh, on, mate. come on, come oh, on. Oh, mate, you stay there. The phones are about to go mental, right? Let's have your audio, then we'll get the phone calls. It's been a difficult one, Ian. This morning, I've been out asking people if they have got a favourite word. Here's what happened. Here's Mark. We found somebody who's got a favourite word. Mark, what's your favourite word? Beer. So whenever you hear that word, it excites you? Yeah. Makes you feel good? Yeah. Hi, Marisa. How are you today? Good weekend? Yes, thank you. Lovely. What's your favourite word? Darling. Call me darling now. Go on. Darling. (laughs) 
Well, so just like I thought, you haven't got a favourite word, but some of your friends use a word all the time, which gets on your nerves. Tell us what that word is. One of them in particular is psychedelic. It's, it's, it's just a, a nonsense word. It, it doesn't mean anything really apart from psychedelic. Obviously is one of my own favourite words. It's a, it's a filler word. That's one. And that's a good answer. Um, but obviously the, the, the question was, what's your favourite word? <laughs> I don't know. Morning, Sue. What's your favourite word then? Come on. Beautiful. How often do you use that word every day, would you say? Not enough. <laughs> <laughs> and why does it mean so much to you? Um, because beautiful relates to so many things. Uh, life can be beautiful, people can be beautiful, surroundings. Am I beautiful? Uh, yes, you are. <laughs> Thank you very much. So, Ian Lee wants me to find out. What's your favourite word? Rest. How often do you rest, though? As much as I can. Every afternoon, if I get a chance. <laughs> afternoon nap, yeah? Yes, definitely, and I love it. So, if I said rest, straight away you go all tingly, do you? Oh, yes, definitely. Oh, definitely. What a nice little piece that was, Justin. Yes, Lovely. you know, simple but very effective. Obviously, n- no long, strange words in there, but no. everyone's got their favourite word. You know, something like beer, to that man it gets him going, to, to somebody else it was rest. But, but somebody else mentioning there about weird words that people use that, that mean absolutely nothing, psychedelic. Do you Psych- ever use that word? Well, uh, I know psychedelic means something. It's, it's a psychedelic mm. experience brought on by LSD. Right, OK. So, would you ever use that in normal conversation? Not anymore. Apart from talking about music? Not anymore. No. Not okay. since I went to college. Now, uh, <laughs> now, listen, uh, we've got... We, if you want, we can chat for ages or we can go to the phone calls. Well, I just want you to go to the calls. It's well, your show and I want you to prove to I, me that people have got a favourite word. No, listen, uh, what I'm saying is I don't think you get enough airtime on this show. Right, Justin, OK. And I'm prepared yeah. to give you a bit more airtime. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Cheers. So what do you want to talk about? Um, what do you want to talk about? I tell you what, let's find out what Clary wants to talk about in Baldock. Morning, Clary. Morning. Hi, Clary. You're through to uh, Justin Dealey. What would you like to say to him? <laughs> Hi, Justin. Good morning. How are you? Uh, good, thank you, darling. Are you? Very well, thank you. Very well indeed. Um, my favourite word is Justin. And why would it be Justin? Because I really like you. OK. Thank you. We've got thank more calls. You. Thank yeah, you, Clary. Yeah. Is it really your favourite word? Yeah. Right. It rhymes with dustbin. I like that. It does, doesn't it? And he looks a bit like a dustbin sometimes. <laughs> Clary? Daddy, I, don't, I don't know what he looks like. I imagine that he's tall, blonde, and a bit camp and handsome. He's ca- Spot on. He's, he's campson, yes. He's very campson. <laughs> Thank you very much, Clary. Was that a real call? That oh, was Clary and Bulldog. Okay, lovely. Okay. Listen, we're the we'll BBC. take some real calls now we're for favourite BBC. words. We are the BBC. We are not allowed to fake calls. No. Let's no. go to uh, Elaine in Bishop Stortford. Morning, Elaine. Hello, Ian. Elaine, you're through to Justin Dealey. Oh, hello, Justin. <laughs> hello, Elaine. Are you well? Good weekend? Yeah. Lovely. Elaine, what's your favourite word? Snuggle. Snuggle. Why snuggle? It sounds like what it is. Yeah? It's something I'd like to do to you, Justin. Oh, enjoying that club. Uh, who do you snuggle with? My Dave. Yeah? We've got, we've got a slanket. That's another word I like, a double slanket. <laughs> a slanket, really? Well, these are great calls, yeah. Thanks for that. Any others lined up then, Ian? Yeah, thank you very much, Elaine. Let's go to Miranda in Henlow. Morning, Miranda. Hiya! Miranda, you're through to Justin. What would you like to say? Hi, Justin. Hi. Got a favourite word? Oh, I quite like uh, the word Frank. Why Frank? Just blunt and honest. Hang on a second. Well, why is Frank blunt and honest? It's just a name. You've got to be frank, can't you? You've got to be frank with things. Right. Okay. Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. All right. Okay. Thank you. That's Miranda, uh, three. Do you, uh, you, do you like this? We've had a lot of callers this morning saying they've got the hots for J Dog. What, what, what do you think? Are you a fan of of, of J Dog and his work? Do you think he sounds <laughs> sexy? Oh, I love him. Yeah. What, yeah. Why do you love yeah. him so much? I just think he's brilliant. You know what he says and stuff. What does he say? Uh, like he says words and the way he says it. And mm. Is it because I'm Frank? No. Is that what it is? He's Frank, he's honest, yeah, isn't I'm it? Frank, yeah. He's Miranda, honest. And thank you very much indeed. We've got Paul Scoynes is joining us on the line. Paul, what's your favourite word? Grot bags. OK, thank you very much indeed. <laughs> uh, and Peter's in Wolverton. Good morning, Peter. Good morning. Peter, you're through to Justin. Hello, Justin. Hello. Now, come on, help us out here. Have you got a good favourite word? Because uh, Ian is convinced that, that people like you do have a favourite word. Is he talking nonsense? No, of course he's not. Everybody's got a favourite word. My favourite word is Inky Dinkris. Say that again. 
Inky-dink Right, OK. Well, when was the last time you used that word? It's, I use it as often as I possibly could because it's a very positive word. Yeah. It means good, wonderful, fantastic, supersonic, etc. I mean, it sounds fantastic, but when you say that word, do people look at you as if you're slightly strange? Yes, but yeah. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> you don't really care, do you? No. <laughs> good for you, good for you. <laughs> anyway, everything's inky-dinkerous. Lovely. Everything is inky-dinkerous. Peter, excellent. thank you very much indeed. We've got Paul Scoins on the line. Paul, what's your favourite word? Grot bags. OK, excellent stuff. You see, Justin, we've had about half a dozen calls there. Yeah, any others? No, we've got, yeah. we've got, we've got plenty more, but yeah. I've, I've just decided... Can, can we hear them then? No, I've decided that uh, we've had right. a little bit too much of that. We, yeah. You can have too much of a good thing, my love. I think so. You, you've got to leave people wanting more, haven't you? Yeah, why don't and you I'm come... sure after that, I'm sure they want more. Of course they want more. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll do that... Maybe we'll carry this on tomorrow. It's been so successful. <laughs> Christmas is coming. A lot of people might be falling into debt, facing debt. According to new research from the independent think tank, the Centre for Social Justice, the pressure to spend and banks' reticence to lend is driving more and more of us into the hands of loan sharks and payday loan companies. And uh, I wanted to get your stories on this. 08459 455 555. Barry's in Milton Keynes. Morning, Barry. Morning. Barry, you use payday loan companies, do you? Yeah, unfortunately, we, we have to on a monthly basis just to, um, to kind of make ends meet. The loan always gets paid, uh, but because of the high utility bills uh, and everything else we have to pay out every month, we just aren't left with absolutely nothing. So we just kind of scrape through from one payday to the next. Can, can I ask, and if, I, if I'm asking you know, these questions too personal, then tell me uh, to, uh, well, to get knotted, basically. Uh, how much are you, are you borrowing each month? It, it does vary. It's anything between sort of 300 and £150 on an average but normally basis to try and keep it as low as possible. So then, obviously then we don't have to pay as much back because obviously then you've got the interest on top of that. And how long are you borrowing this money for? Usually it gets to about halfway through the month and we're left with absolutely nothing left. So wow. we have to just take it out just to kind of get through the rest of the month. Um, and are you, are, you, are you working? Is your partner working? Yeah, we both work. Um, we both work full time. We don't earn bad money. Um, and basically, uh, I also have a small business that I run from home as well. Mm. On, on top of that, obviously, that doesn't make a great amount of income, but, you know, it's a little bit that helps. And yet you're still uh, having to borrow sometimes as much as 350 yeah, quid a month. Yeah, because the, especially the, once you've had the mortgage, the utility bills, we, my wife and I, unfortunately, also, we've been in a position in the past where we, we obviously have debts. We have to service a month, uh, every month, personal debt. That, that we got into that we just can't get out of because we just don't have the means to get out of it. So you're kind of just literally living from one cheek by jowl, say, say from one payday to the next. And, and, and do you have luxuries, Barry? Do you smoke? Do you have Sky TV? Do you have any of those things that you, you can cut back? Or have you stripped back as far as you can go? Well, I mean, we, we have... We, the only thing we do have is... is, is um, is Virgin Media TV just just obviously because my son obviously because obviously like you know because he watches all the channels and so on we have the broadband and things like that but everything else I mean we we, we never go out um, you know we don't go out or do anything extra you know it's just no extras and it's always you know if we do do extras we always have to, it's always a lot of time, you know we have to sort of scrimp and find the money to to do it yeah. you know what I mean it's always it's always a constant worry um, and I often think oh you know what's going to happen if one of us does fall ill loses our job or whatever or can't work for whatever reason. Uh, and you just sort of think, well, I can't think about it, because if I did think about it, I would never sleep at night. And also, I don't want to make you even more sleepless, but if, if that interest rate for the mortgages goes up half a well, percent, what, what effect is that going to have on you? That's, that's just another, you know... Because it's going to happen now, at some point, isn't it? Yeah, I know. And I listen to the... Uh, what every time, you know, at that, that fateful Thursday every month, or whatever it, however it is they do it, and they say the Bank of England has, has decided to keep interest rates mm. as they are, and you just go, oh, phew, thank God for that, you know. And you sort of think, this is ridiculous. Having to worry about something, you know, as simple as that, and you sort of think, you know, how am I ever going to get out of this? If you borrow, um, say, 300 quid a month for a couple of weeks, well, how much do you have to pay back on that? You end up paying, I'm trying to work it out, you pay back about 80 quid at the end of the month, something like that, extra on top. On top of wow. you know, yeah, with the interest rate being so high, and how does it, how does it make you feel, having to do this? Oh, you feel you feel kind of uh, helpless, really, because you can't kind of get yourself out of it. You're kind of in this sort of spiral, and you sort of think, oh god, you know, my wife's already on a debt management program, and the thing is, is that if, if I was to go on one as well, then the company literally take over everything of your life. They then give you money to live on. They then deal with all the debtors, so you get default notices. You have to go through all the all that kind of humiliation of getting stuff in the post because you obviously can't pay. So they have to go through the usual channels, um, 
and there's always the possibility that if that's the case, and they'll turn, uh, you know, you, you won't obviously you'll obviously lose your house, you know, and obviously so we've done it so that obviously I keep the house in my name, so that obviously that you know my wife's debt doesn't I, affect me, but it still does. Are you just putting but, off the inevitable, Barry? Do, 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 do you need perhaps, and I, I'm, I'm saying this from you know from a place of respect, and I, I don't know what the situation is, but do you perhaps need to admit defeat in this and and get more help, or do you really think you can stave this off indefinitely? I don't know. I mean, I, I sort of think, you know, something, something round, round, there will be an opportunity around the corner, something will come up. I sometimes think, you know, maybe if I can make more, you know, out of this, the business that I've got as well on the side, then, then possibly maybe there is, a, there is a way out of it. Slowly, surely we'll creep our way out of it. But some, some days you just can't see it. That's the problem. And you Christmas, know, what's, day thing. what's going to happen for Christmas? Well, we have very quiet Christmases, just ourselves. Just, I haven't got many family anyway anymore. Um, and obviously we just have, um, you know, my mother-in-law around. And then we have, um, we have uh, my, my son and, and my wife is very sensible. She, does, she tends to buy sort of a lot of very, very small presents to my son throughout the year. So that when it comes to birthdays and Christmas, she's always got something she's got a little stash. for him. Yeah, so she's got a little stash, which is really, really sensible. So he never has to lose out or, you know, never has to lose out. Barry, listen, I, I, I really appreciate your honesty this morning. It must be tough to, uh, to phone up and admit to all of that. I wish you the very, very best of luck. All week, Ian's been begging me for a Doctor Who day on Friday. Told him. Not going to happen. Very excited indeed. You're excited, aren't you, Just? Oh, no. Whoa, man, come on! <laughs> come on, what, what's there to be excited about? Exterminate Justin Dealey. Justin Dealey must be exterminated. Oh, I wanted to exterminate you for a long time hey, now. Hey, this is, sorry? Right, Friday, mm. Doctor Who special on the show, OK? Mm. We'll have a Doctor Who special. Catherine Boyle, can we get Colin Baker? He's a local doctor. Mm. Let's yes. get him on. Uh, let's try and get Tom Baker. What are you pulling the face for? I don't get it. Yeah, tough, you're not meant to. Right, it's a fr- Friday, it's a Doctor Who special on BBC Three Counties no, Radio. No, no, no. Yeah. Justin Dealey's going to dress up as the Doctor and go out and about. <laughs> uh, Catherine Boyle's going to dress up as Leela. Um, and uh, Kelly Betts can be canine. We're going to have Colin Baker, he's a local. <laughs> We're not. <clears throat> he was. Uh, we're going to have Colin. Ba- let me finish. Yeah. Colin Baker, my least favourite doctor. Don't tell him I said that when we book him. Let's get Peter- morning, Colin. Let's get Peter Davison. Let's get Tom Baker. Let's aim high. Get Tom Baker on. Let's do that. Let's go, Chris Eccleston. None of these is going to happen. Why? Can I just I remind you? The last time you said to me, Justin, go out into the streets and talk about the new doctor. We got some great uh, stuff. Nobody knew who he was. They we, all went who? Yeah. Uh, so this Friday then it's a date. No. Yeah. Why? Big audience puller. People who like Doctor Who will not be listening to this show. Listen. Right. They'll be right, playing okay. Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Right. Calm down. Well, then we'll make their breakfast. It's the Ian Lee show. Mm. I I am driving the editorial policy of this show, and on yeah. Friday it's Doctor Who special. Yeah, but yeah, I make just... the phone calls. So okay. You'll be, I'll be making. Piece. I'll be making. Sorry. Mouthpiece. I'm not the mouthpiece. Yeah. I'm the voice. No, it's all turn your microphone you. off, Boyle, and yours, Kelly, mm. and I'm going to turn yours off now, Justin. All right, this Justin. Sorry, Justin, you're doing this next bit. I do apologise. Yeah, I can't, okay. no can't turn your microphone off. Police in Watford and Milton Keynes are warning about a particularly potent batch of heroin in circulation. It's already killed two people and caused several near-fatal overdoses. Now, I'm guessing that you're probably shrugging your shoulders uh, at that. What's one less drug addict? Um, but, but I've kind of got a lot of sympathy for these people. I do think if you're a drug addict, you, hey, you're not doing it through choice. It's not a self-inflicted uh, disease. It is a proper medical condition. Now, Justin, you've been out speaking to people in Watford about this, haven't you? I was, Ian, and do you know what? I was surprised at how many people's lives had been affected by heroin. Here's what people in Watford had to say. Nadine, you haven't used heroin yourself, but you know other people that, that have used heroin yes. here in Watford. Just how bad is, is the problem here? Um, I should imagine it's, it's, it's kind Countrywide, you know, where it doesn't just happen in Watford, mm. uh, any city centre or even rural nowadays, I think it affects every uh, quite a few people. And just tell us the people that you know that have taken this drug. Just tell us the change that you saw in those people. Uh, a great change in their lifestyle. It's it's more of a single track mind approach to life. You know, the main concern is their drug of choice. Uh, with all addictions, you know, because it, it, it's surprising. It, 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 it affects everyone. It doesn't have to be rich or poor, you know. It can affect everyone, and it does affect everyone from every walk of life. Danny, can you talk to me about your brother? Because your brother was a heroin addict. Um, tell us how it started and how it affected your family. Well, my brother was older than me, uh, five years older than me, but even as a young man, I thought I knew about his drug problem. 
it affected the whole family. Every time he was ODing, my mum had to go up to London and get him out of hospitals. It upset the family and he continued to take drugs all his life. His wife divorced him, he lost his children and he died, lo he died a very lonely man. And we, I come from a very big family, but he died on his own, very lonely, and everyone was very sad about it. So was it the heroin that actually killed him? No, they said he had a cancer growth on his neck, but because he'd left it untreated and he wasn't a well man and he was not a very fit man at all, far from it, mm. I believe if he hadn't have been abusing heroin and other drugs throughout his life, he would have been able to fight that. I mean, just how obsessing was it for you? I can't imagine anybody in my family being a heroin addict. You're seeing that day in, day out. How did that affect you and how upsetting was that for you? Well, it's upsetting because you're thinking, what a waste of a life, because you know the man's a lot more intelligent than that. And when someone says to you, he's a bottle of poison, take that every day, you wouldn't take it. But when it has, it's social, it's social, it's, it's a, there's a lot of issues here. It breaks your heart when you see someone you love you know, turn into a, a terrible person that you can't trust. And we're talking today about heroin which is circulating the streets in Watford of a higher purity. You must have every sympathy for, for people that are addicted to drugs, a bit like your brother was. I have every every sympathy with any, any drug user. You know, I used to be a drug user myself and uh, I think it's, it's awful the way it's so readily available now and cheap. And so, so addictive with the purity stuff that's coming in now. I see people, kids, no more than children now, addicted to this stuff. Well, Justin, that was a cracking piece of audio. I think we might play that again uh, about an hour's time. That was incredible. I think so, Ian. I think, you know, as I mentioned to you before the piece, that, that I was genuinely surprised at how many people, again, had stories to tell about this. It, it, these stories are not just one-off stories. And uh, me, personally, I do have sympathy for anybody who's addicted to drugs. I know that I'm addicted to, to nicotine. I know that, that, that I can't break that habit. So if I was addicted to heroin, how on earth do you break that? Um, I've got every sympathy for these people. Justin, thank you very much indeed. We will play that a bit later on. Both Justin and the, the last gentleman speaking there said something very interesting. Let's put this out there. The gentleman said, I have sympathy for uh, any drug user. Have you got, got sympathy for any drug user? 08459 455 555. What do you think? You agree with that, that chap who was speaking there? Very uh, cold and painful story. Have you got sympathy for drug users? Or do you think, come on, mate, jog on, self-inflicted, get a life? 08459 455 555. We can speak now to Nick Conn, who is a former addict and runs the Hertfordshire-based organisation helpforaddiction.co.uk. Morning, Nick. Good morning. Uh, police have issued a warning about this particularly pure uh, strand of heroin. Th that's an unusual measure for the police to take, isn't it? Uh, I, believe, I believe so, but it's, it's quite, you know, there's this, they're equally uh, as dangerous as each other. I mean, when we, we, we deal with the front line, so we get all those crisis phone calls. And I mean, alcohol is is probably one of the is one of the biggest, but it takes a, a drug like that to, to you know, to, to circumstances to happen, um, and then the police become aware of it. Uh, we were asking this morning if people have sympathy for drug users, and you say you you get a lot of phone calls from people uh, who are, I guess, uh, if not at rock bottom, are certainly hurtling towards it. What kind of stories do you hear, Nick? Uh, I mean, I, I've hit, I've I've picked up someone who, um, when I arrived, he was trying to hang himself. Um, I see wives uh, leaving their husbands. I've I've heard people gone into shooting galleries and left their kids in the car or taken them in, in with them. Um, shooting galleries where they go to to inject heroin. Mm. Um, I, I've I've probably heard absolutely every every story there is, and it's I wear two hats because. You know, I'm looking at it from a police point of view because I'm an ex-police officer, but also a recovered drug addict. So, were you an addict, Nick? If, if you don't mind me asking, when whilst you were serving as a police officer, I actually took my first line of cocaine when I passed my medical, uh, the drugs test for the police, um, and that's what I when I first when I first took it. And what was your thinking? Trying because there will be people, people listening to this who don't understand addiction, don't realise it's a disease. What was your thinking? When you did that, you just passed your drugs medical, you, you had just become a copper, and then you potentially screwed it all up by doing cocaine. Do you know, it's, um, I, t I talk about it, I've just released a book, and I talk about it all, all, all in there. And um, I, I was never academically clever, so I, I always struggled, and uh, certainly in the police, it was challenging the 18 weeks whilst you're training and you live there. 
And um, I got introduced to it. And then, anyway, I was falling asleep. You have to pass your test every week over 80%. And I was struggling with it. And I took cocaine. And all of a sudden, um, I was getting 96, 97% in my tests. Um, I was more alert. Um, but then some major consequences followed because of it. And I'm guessing the consequences being you, you lost your job and got in serious trouble. Uh, yeah, I ended up homeless. I ended up involved with Albanian mafia in Berlin, drug running. Um, so it took me to, uh, to a, a, a horrible, horrible place. And this is the thing that I, I think a lot of people listening to this won't understand, that, that, that drug addiction knows no class or social boundaries at all, does it? It can affect, uh, you know, a fellow living on the street, it can affect a high court judge, it can affect a copper. Absolutely. There's, um, they've, they've now found a gene on a part of the brain called chromosome 11, which makes things three times more addictive for people like me than it does for perhaps people that don't suffer with addiction. So when we put a chemical in us and, you know, we feel low within ourselves, might have insecurities, confidence issues. So when we put a drug in us that makes us feel like we, the person we want to be, mix that with the gene, we're in trouble. What kind of uh, help and advice can, can your uh, association give, Nick? I think each case is independent and we try to keep it like that. We're, we're aware that everyone is different and everyone requires different treatment. Um, we have connections with every private and NHS organisation in the country. So I suggest drop me a call um, and I'll be happy to do an assessment and get you directed in the right way. And if people want to get in touch with Nick, how can they? Uh, it's www.help and then the number four addiction.co.uk And you're, you're, listen, your book sounds cracking. I'm, I'm, I'm on Amazon at the moment. What's it called? It's called The Thin White Line by Nicholas Conn. Right. I'm having a little look for that now. Nick, uh, nice to talk Enjoy. to you. Enjoy. Yeah, thank you very much and keep up the good work. Uh, that's Nick Conn there who, uh, what, a, what an incredible story. I could have spoken to him all morning. He uh, runs the Hertfordshire-based organisation helpforaddiction.co.uk <laughs> Well, Ian really wanted this Doctor Who day, weirdo. So much so that he sent me onto the streets to see what people thought. Doctor mm. Who, 50th anniversary, Saturday. I am very, very, very excited. Very excited. Uh, I might I treat myself to some box sets this weekend, have a bit of John Pertwee, maybe a bit of Troughton, one of the most underrated Doctors <laughs> of all time. But, 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 I want to do a Doctor Who special on Friday. Yeah. Okay. A little bit of stiff opposition from uh, um, uh, Catherine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, I said, Justin, go out on the streets and find out if people want to celebrate Doctor Who special on Friday on the show. And you went out, yeah. you got a nice Vox. Yeah. Uh, let's, put it to, let's put it to the public, Justin. What have people been saying? Well, Ian, I've worked at BBC Three Counties Radio for a very, very long time. The people on the streets, they're very nice, but also very, very honest. Aren't they, Justin? Uh, yes. I, I, I don't know if you can them. deal with this. <laughs> I have been asking them whether they think you should be doing a Doctor Who special on Friday. Yep. Here's what the good people of Luton had to say. Bring it on. Tony, what do you think about Ian Lee? special. If you did that, I would be disgusted. That would be terrible. Ian needs to concentrate on his shirts, not Doctor Who. So many people want to have their say about this Doctor Who special. Joe, what do you think? Go away and take your Doctor Who talk with you, J-Dog. It's a bit harsh, don't you think? No. Jerry, good morning. I'm on the streets this morning getting a bit of feedback on Ian Lee's Doctor Who special for Friday. What do you think? Uh, local radio is about the great songs from Wham and Jason Donovan. And not Doctor Who. I'll probably go <laughs> along with that. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. Terry, what do you think? You want feedback? I will give you feedback. Play more Engelbert Humperdinck instead of wasting time on Doctor Who. It's a very good point. Well said. Thank you very much indeed. Have a good day, sir. And you. Thank you. I have never watched Doctor Who. I only watch Crime Watch, and that's about it. Tell Ian Lee he is sad and he needs to eat meat. Isn't it rubbish? Yeah. Terrible. Isn't it rubbish? Yeah. I used to watch it when I was a kid. (laughs) Not now. Not now, no. I would watch Alec Jones if you did that. Intercom man, Ian Lee wants to do a Doctor Who special on Friday. Should he do it? Nah, go on then. You don't seem too enthusiastic about it. (laughs) He should definitely go ahead. Yeah, why not? Can you do a Home and Away special instead? (laughs) You'd prefer that, would you? Just say what? yes. <laughs> yes. But, right, OK. Hang, hmm. that, that seems pretty conclusive, doesn't it? It is, does. I mean, Intercom Man's the only intercom. person... Yeah, intercom he's the only man. person who said yes, and he says yes to anything. So uh, the majority of people, they're right. clearly saying no to your special on Friday. Can, Sorry. Can I ask you a question, Justin? Uh, yeah. Were they, were they all spontaneous answers? 
Mm, I couldn't believe some of the answers. Very, very spontaneous I, and, and I very, very to the point as well. I couldn't believe them either because some of them some of them sounded and you know i know you wouldn't do this because this would be against bbc regulations some yeah. of them sounded almost um i don't know scripted Nah, no not at all not at all Th- those were genuine views um that's what people think about your special on friday ian i'm sorry but they are just not interested they would prefer to hear Engelbert humperdinck or jason donovan i don't know why he thought i had a script with me but uh, i'm totally outraged about that Outrage, boss. Yeah, I know I'm very excited about this, and I know that you're excited. I know that you're doing that thing. You're playing that that sort of slightly grumpy, disinterested <laughs> character. But I know deep yeah. down you're excited. Saturday, mm. the fiftieth anniversary of Doctor Who. Yes. And I am planning to celebrate it big time mm. on the show tomorrow. We're having a Doctor Who special, aren't we, Kath? No. Yes, we are. Justin, you went yes. out yesterday and you got you spoke to some people. I um, had the results back from the laboratory. It sounded like some of those uh, people were a little bit scripted. Is that because they said it was a ridiculous idea and they didn't agree with you? Is that why you're saying that? It's because it sounded like they were reading, Justin. I sent you out today to get a proper Vox Pop. (laughs) What have you got? What have you got? Are they up for it? People want it? Well, Ian, you requested greasy under-25s with spots, didn't you? That's what you requested. (laughs) Um, I have found those people for you in Hemel Hempstead. Here's what they think about the idea of you potentially doing a Doctor Who special tomorrow. Take a listen to this. I take it you're not a fan of Doctor Who, then? Definitely not. Go away, my boy. Can I nick a fag, boss? That's fine, but getting back to Doctor Who, you are a fan, aren't you? Yes. I just love the whole experience of watching it. So Ian Lee wants to do a special on Friday. He said, go and speak to young people. You're up for this special, aren't you? Yes, I am. Jake, you're 16. What do you think? If you did that, I'd be outraged. Weirdo. What, me or Ian? Ian. Demi, you're 15 years old. Ian Lee wants to do a Doctor Who special on Friday. You love Doctor Who, Matt Smith in particular. Tell us why you love him so much. I don't know. I just love him. He's just so amazing. He's fit as well. (laughs) So it's a big yes from you, then? Yeah. Well, people's thoughts continue to flood in. Uh, Madam, you're uh, young and cool. What do you think? Never trust a man who wears checkered shirts and eats bananas in public. It's a no from me, I'm afraid. Okay. well, I appreciate your feedback. Thank you very much. I'm here with Patience. That's your real name, isn't it, yeah? Okay, yeah. Patience, what do you think? Why don't you do something on gangster rap? Gangster rap, okay. Us kids in the hood love this stuff. Go away, Gazer. It's a bit harsh. Go away, Gazer. Hannah, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I'm eight, 19. You're 19 years old. Doctor Who, you love it. Why are you such a big fan? I just like love of the storylines, love of the characters. Did your friends laugh at you for your love of Doctor Who? No, because they all like Doctor Who too. Really? Yeah. Okay. So Ian Lee on Friday, you think that he should be doing a Doctor Who special? You would tune in for that, would you? I would if he did a Doctor Who special. Oh dearie, dearie me, Justin. You're, mm. you've, Angela's on the line. Good morning, Angela. You see, now that's the voice of reason, Justin. <laughs> hey, listen, you know, I've been out talking to people. Some people will prefer a feature on gangster rap, but somebody's saying there that, yes, do it because Matt Smith is fit. That's the calibre of people, Ian, who want you it's, to do this special it, it, tomorrow. It's a good enough reason. Angela, listen, if we do this Doctor Who special tomorrow, which we will do, won't we, Catherine? Uh, sorry? Please no. Yes. You'll be listening, won't you? I'll even get up early. Oh, well, there you go, you... <laughs> Has there ever been a podcast without Dennis in Dunstable on it? Uh, no, I don't think so. Dennis is uh, in Dunstable. Morning, Dennis. Good morning. What are you, you're having a wash? I was having ablutions. Oh, for goodness sakes. I, what, uh, really? Well, we, we talk like that in Manchester, you see. Yeah, dead posh. Not like you ignorant lot down here. Hey, steady. We can, we can send you back at a moment's notice. I know, I know. Now then. We're building a super fast train to, to get I'm, rid of your I'm, sorts. I'm getting very worried about you. Go on. You're getting too much like me. You're what? not contentious anymore. Oh. You're being too nice to people. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, that's, we, you're, that, you're, that will never do. You're seeing both sides of the story without jumping on the wrong one. Ah, OK. Right, right. so give me an example of where I've done that this morning. Well, you've been so nice to everybody. You, 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 you know, you're mm. leaning over backwards yeah, to yeah. be nice. OK. Well, and d- you should be contentious. OK, how do I fix it? Because I, I don't want to be nice. That's not what I, I, I'm here for. How do I change this, Dennis? What can I do? Revert back to you were about a fortnight ago. Okay, give me give me an example of, of you be me, Dennis, and I'll be boring old dull Dennis phoning up every flipping morning, dragging the show I, down to a, a slow pace. Hang on a minute, I did not ring up yesterday because you were too being too nice then. Okay, right. So you be me. Yes. I'll be you, yes. and let's happen. So you take my call. Away you go. Why? Why should I? 
I'm no, not doing your job. No, Dennis, I mean, get, oh, for goodness sake. You're, listen, you're paid a lot of money to do that job you're doing, so for goodness sake, do it properly. Well, but as far as I'm aware, Dennis, I am doing it properly, but you phoned up to criticise, so let's try and role-play this and make it better. No, I don't want to be nasty to people. I like people. No, you don't. You're a miserable northerner. Ah, no, no, that's wrong. <laughs> I might be a northerner, but I tell you... You ask any of my friends, I'm very nice right. to people. Okay, Get, right. what we need is Kelly Betts is doing something. As soon as Ke- I know Kelly Betts does a killer impression of me. She's so lovely. She, oh, for goodness sake, stop it. She, now, when, she, when she's finished taking this phone call, we're going to get her on the air, okay? She's going to do an impression of me. I'm going to be boring old Dennis. Uh, Thank you. And we'll see how this goes, okay? Yes. Right, Kelly, can you put Kelly? I want you to be me. Dennis has phoned up. Uh, hi. He says he said just get nice and close to the microphone. For some reason, your microphone's very quiet. Uh, he has said that I'm being too nice to people. Okay. So what I want you to do is I want you to be me. Yeah. And I'm going to be Dennis. Okay. And um, you 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 be nasty. Nasty you. Is that what you want, Dennis? Yes, I'd be lovely if if Kelly's nasty to you. I will laugh her way to the bank. Okay, right. So so oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it either. <laughs> so go on, you be you be me taking Dennis my. Oh, for flip's sake! Oh. Why why aren't these callers any better? Why are we no, always got Dennis? Not not off not off not off air me uh, on air me. Do the on air oh. me. Don't that's that's private. That's. Pri- I thought that was the same. No, there's a there, that was too much, wasn't it, Dennis? Dennis, no. how can I be Ian? What is it about him that I could do to sound like him? I haven't just slighted oh, that. It's he your idea! He swallows a lot. He swallows a lot. And he sort of goes... <clears throat> a lot. I know, I know, I know. Oh, don't. Catherine, yes, I know how you do, Ian. What? You go... Dennis, if you call me again, you have to do a big breath and then launch and then not yeah. breathe until the end. And then swallow right at the end. I'm not, I'm not breathy and swallowy. <sighs> the thing is, Dennis, I'm fed up of hearing from you, so if you could stop calling me, you're an idiot. You call people idiots as well. OK, well, d- 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 what she said, Dennis, is... That's is... exactly right. right. That's exactly the sort of person you ought to be. OK, well, that's what she said. I don't, I'm not breathy and swallowy. Stop you that. are breathy and swallowy. I've probably got asthma. I think you have. Where's that inhaler I gave you? Oh, it's in the bin. Great. Uh, right, but but I'm not like that, Dennis. But what um, uh, Catherine said, uh, I stop doing that, please, Kelly. That is <gasps> no. You, uh, what she said, Dennis, holds true. Yes. So, jog on. Jog on what? You, oh, this. Right. Originally, <laughs> I was ringing you about the nurses. No, no, no. Because you were being so nice to him. No, I've just... Oh, for goodness sake. Right, Catherine... That's that breathy bit that I was telling you I'm about. not doing a breathy bit. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> now, Dennis, I didn't do it. Catherine, tell him to go away again as no, me. No, I like Dennis. No, I like f- Dennis too. When you're next off, Dennis could present. Yeah. Justin. Morning, boss. Right, this is really getting out of hand. Mm, Can you... It. Right, I need you... I'm not breathy and swallowy, am I? <gasps> <laughs> no. Good. Now, Sounds ju- as though you swallowed the microphone. Now, good one, Dennis. Justin, can you be yes. me? Yes. Right, and be rude to Dennis and cut him yep. off. Dennis, you keep phoning me every single day. No, that's I've had not true. I pick the days. Okay, every okay. Single day. Most days. He's Most right. days, you're boring me. Go away and take your squeaky chair with you. Bye. Oh, that's nasty. Uh, how are plans for the Doctor Who special on Friday going, Catherine? What? what um, the, the Doctor Who special on Friday on this it's show. Not happening. Sorry? That's not going to happen? Doctor no. That one I said no to repeatedly. No, I know you said no, but as, as we have discussed, Catherine, I have editorial control and I... Uh, <laughs> yeah, carry on. Uh, I, I am I am, um, I am really putting my foot down and I'm demanding, I'm Ooh. insisting Ooh. Doctor Do- Who special... Yeah. I'll tell you what, there's a, there's a local fellow from Hertfordshire, he's written a book about Doctor Who, I contributed to it, I can't remember what I wrote. Let's get him on. Mitch Ben, the comedian, he's brilliant. Oh no, not him. No, he's good, he's a good friend of mine, he loves Doctor Who, get him on. Colin Baker, he's a local, and uh, get in the others. Colin... Right, Kelly... Colin, what's he done? Hi mate. Can I hand this over to you? I can't really be bothered, if I'm honest. Just nod and smile. OK, OK. I mean, yes, yes. It will happen. In fact, hand it over to me, give me all the guest names and I'll... uh... You see what I have to deal with, dear listener? You you wonder why I'm, you know, I'm lonely and in pain, yet I still come in every single day and do this shizzle for you. Catherine and Kelly, I'm not reading out those fake texts you they're sent me. They're not fake texts. I'm not reading out the fake texts. What, fa- what texts? Shall I tell you? Oh, well, I know they're fake because Kelly started acting and when she acts... No, 
I, no, I'm actually serious. What, what, uh, okay, text, text? Simon Newham from Leighton Buzzard. Made up. Loving the show, but no offence, can we hear less of your voice and more of the beautiful Kelly Betts? Oh, thanks. If I was making it up, I'd put Thank my you, name Simon. in there too. Thanks, Simon. Good morning, Ian. If you do a Doctor Who special, I'll switch off from six till nine. Doctor Who's for geeks. That's from Lee and Sandy. Very right. astute. Well, why are these people texted in and they've not called in? They haven't texted in because you've written them on the screen yourself. Why would we make that up? Because Check it out. It's there. You've Black texted it in your... Phone those numbers up now. I don't even know who Doctor Who is, says Zasha. Well, Zasha needs to be educated. This is what the BBC is here for. It's to inform and educate and titillate. Leslie Watford says, if you do the Doctor Who show, please oh, give breathy. the older docs a fair share. Don't just cover the latest bunch. Leslie, don't worry, won't be covering either. We're, we're getting Colin <laughs> Baker on. Colin Baker's coming on, Leslie, so don't worry. So she wants it. Is he um, related to Cheryl Baker? Oh, goodness sakes. Talking about uh, uh, nurses, Spanish nurses are better than British nurses, according to one UK body. Let's go to uh, Peter in Walmer Green. Morning, Peter. Hi. Good morning. Good morning, Peter. You all right? Yes, I'm fine, thank you. I just wanted to say, basically, on nurses, yep. that I don't care where they come from, providing they're fully qualified and yep. overseen for the first few months they're there, that's for sure, because they've got to be conversant in all the sort of medicines that's going to be issued anyway. All I want from nurses, Peter, I want fully quali- qualified, I want to be able to understand them and for them to understand me, and I want a, a, a bit of compassion and caring. Oh, absolutely. I mean, not all nurses are the same, that's for sure. We all know that. What we're, what we're defending here, we should be defending with our life, is the National Health Service, because if you don't defend that with your life, that's what it comes down to in the final t- uh, years, if you like. We need the National Health Service fully functional and treating everyone with decency. In fact, in fact, I... When I heard the news about over 75s were going to be treated differently, I want to be treated exactly the same as anybody else. I'm over 75. Well, that was a story, I think, from earlier this week or maybe last week, where, where over 75s are going to have... They're going to be guaranteed to see their own doctor, so there will be consistency in the health care. Yeah, providing that we... You see, at the moment, when you're, when you're over 75, you are discriminated against in, in the National Health Service as well. In what way? Well, I mean, I went into a National Health Service bus in a, in a car park. A bus? Uh, yeah, they, they, they send out a travelling bus okay. and they take people's blood pressures and things. A little check-up, yeah. Double-decker bus. And they were giving people various checks, doing a check, blood pressure check, and then people were going up, they were taking people upstairs for further checks. And I went in as an over 75, and they did my blood pressure check, and they said, oh, well, we can't do no more with you, you're over 75. Hmm. And, and so, it's discrimination, really. Well, I mean, I, I've, I've got people bowling at age 95. Yeah, but uh, what, crown, crown green bowling or 10 pin? No, ordinary flat green bowl. Ah, uh, well, that's not, yeah, well, the, the 95, that's quite slow and sedate, oh, isn't oh, it? No, not really, because you're walking about for two and a half hours, you're bending up and down, you're keeping extremely fit. In fact, some of the youngsters who come on are more tired than the older ones. I'd like to see you do a bungee jump. Uh, no, I wouldn't do a bungee jump. Really, why? Oh, because... Uh, Your teeth have come out. No, 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 no. There was so much pressure on your eyes when you bungee jump... You could get bleeding from the eyes. You do know that, don't you? Is it true? Now, I've heard, I've heard this, and I don't know if this is true or not. If you do a bungee jump, there's so much pressure on your eyes that your eyes can pop out. Well, I don't know about them popping out, but they certainly, they certainly can cause uh, 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 the pressure to rise greatly when you do a jump like that. Okay, well, I we... mean, they're very delicate instruments, you know. They certainly are. I've got a couple of other delicate instruments. I certainly wouldn't want to be affected by a bungee jump. Peter, thank you. A good sport, as always. <laughs> You're excited, aren't you, Dennis? I am very much so, yes. Do you want to sing the theme tune with me? No, thank you. Go on. No, it's terrible. I'm, I'm, my, my voice is horrible. I'll start. It's the time of the morning. I'll start. You join in. No, thanks. Then you go... Ooh. Right, you ready? No. no. So you're going to do that bit, OK? Go on. Now. Here comes Doctor Who and the Daleks. Those are the words. You didn't know there were words to it, did you? No, I didn't even know about Doctor Who, actually. Huh? 
I, I didn't know anything about Doctor Who. Oh, well, you know what spaceship he travels in? No. Yes, you do? No. Yes, you do? No. Yes, you do. What is it? You do know. Do I? Yes. Say what it. is it? Say it. Say what? You know it. I don't know it. Say it. it. It's never been one of my programmes. Say it. Hartnell, I think, was the first fellow I've seen. You, you knew. So, what, what spaceship did Hartnell, Hartnell, Hartnell travel in? God knows. You do? No. You do? No. Say it. Anyway, say who tar- shot Kennedy. Say TARDIS. TARDIS. There we go. Thank you very much indeed. You see? Are you going to be watching it tomorrow? No. Nope. Why? Well, because it's, I was never very interested in the first place. You will? No. I tell you what, Dennis. Yeah. I tell you what we'll do. You watch it tomorrow, mm. then you come on the show on Monday, and you can be the official BBC Three Counties television critic. Yeah? Am I going to get paid for this? Well, uh, hey. you speak to Nick Coffer about that. OK? <laughs> He'll sort you out. If you're any good, you know, we can... I'm not... You know, Nick's... We, you know, we can, you can take Nick's slot, is what I'm, is what I'm implying here. Uh, Doctor Who, I don't know. Yeah, you're going to watch it tomorrow? Uh, if I can persuade my wife to let me. <laughs> oh, Dennis! Is anyone else noticing there's a sort of Doctor Who theme in this podcast? Yes. Yeah. Does anyone else care? No. no. Yeah. Why aren't the papers full of Doctor Who? That's what I want to Hang say. on a second, is this Steve Berry? It is Steve Ah, Berry. Steve! You know who Steve Berry is, don't you? Remind me. He's the editor-author of Behind the Sofa Celebrity Memories of Doctor Who. It's that Steve Berry! Someone's in that book. So, yeah, no, listen, I, you, ages and ages ago, I got this email from some freak called Steve... It was, it was him. Hi. Saying, hello. hello. Saying, listen, I'm doing, I'm doing a Doctor Who book. Uh, could you write... Some? Well, I can't even remember what I wrote in there, Steve, it was so long ago. What, you wrote what? some wonderful things about how much you loved K-9. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds about right. No, you also told me about sort of meeting a Dalek and stuff as well. A d- having a Dalek uh, hidden, hidden yep. somewhere in a garage. My dad, my dad nicked a Dalek from the BBC for a the weekend. Thief. The thief. I know, it's, he gave it back, but he, he, my dad said, look, he used to work for the BBC and he nicked stuff. And we had a lock-up garage in our estate in Slough, and he said, come, well, come around to the garage, I've got something to show you. Oh, boring. We were in there, he opened it, and my sister and I, I was probably five, I've got a great picture, I'll dig out the picture of it and uh, show you. I, I was five, my sister was eight, and we were terrified. He opened the garage, there was a Dalek in there. And then we spent the whole day just sat in a Dalek being pushed around by my dad. Oh my I've got a, I must dig out that picture. So, Steve, t- tell us quickly about this book. Well, it's um, all, all, the, all the royalties are in aid of Alzheimer's Research UK. Um, it is a collection of celebrity memories of Doctor Who. It's got people like Jonathan Ross, Chris Tarrant, Joe Wiley, all the big names in radio. Yes, Ian me. Lee, yeah. Sophia Miles, Richard Maidley. I'm just name-dropping, basically. You're name-dropping. And it's yeah, just them talking about what... Actors, the... writers, comedians, TV presenters, politicians, all the people who watch Doctor Who. And just talking about what, what Doctor Who meant to them. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone's got their own individual memory of it. I mean, it's not sort of generic stuff. Some people, you know, have some really very, very specific memories, oh. and it's, it's lovely. I mean, as I say, it's taken me four years to put together. Yeah, lazy. Lazy, uh, Steve. <laughs> Naughty. But it's Steve, just in time for the 50th. The 50th wonderful. is coming out tomorrow. I am very excited, even though I didn't really like Matt Smith. We are, we are having a Doctor Who special. Sell it to my grumpy producer, Catherine. Oh, she yes. hates it. You don't like Doctor Who, do you, Catherine? Surely you can't... Surely you, if you'd have seen that, doc, that drama that was on last night, An Adventure in Time and Space, the story of how Doctor Who was born with William Hartnell and the very last scene... I don't even know one of, if I want to spoil it. Have you seen it yet? I've not seen it. I've taped it. There's a very last scene which is heartbreaking. Oh. It is heartbreaking. Oh. I, I defy you, Catherine, to give that... That 90-minute film, a try, and if you don't then want to go and watch an episode of Doctor Who, well, then, well, read my book. Oh, you're very persuasive. There's people in there persuading you that it's the best television programme that's ever been made. And you're off to the XL today as, as well, aren't you? I am. I'm literally one foot out of the door mm. because I am going to be one of the stewards at the XL. Good for you. You never know, I might get to meet Matt Smith. Well, who, who's the best Doctor? Who's the worst Doctor? Uh, Tom Baker was the best Doctor. There's no such thing as the worst Doctor. There are there are wonderful chaps, all of him. Really? Absolutely. Even all of him? I, I, I fell in love with the show in Tom Baker's era. I watched it right through Peter Davison. I even, you know, I was watching when, when, when Colin Baker was on. Mm. I even went to meet him. Wow. Um, Sylvester McCoy happened to coincide with the era when I went to university and got a bit more interested in girls and music and sports. But... It doesn't mean I haven't revisited those episodes since and thought, well, there's a lot in them, you know, and it, yes, okay, it suffered a bit because the BBC didn't have the money to invest in it back in the 80s and everybody wanted to kill it, but 
the best thing about it is still stuff in there that sparks people's imagination. Steve. The people who make the show now yeah. are the people who watch the show then. Very, very quickly, because we're, we're running out of time. We're going to let you plug the book again in a second. Is it true, I've heard a rumour, that Tom Baker will be in this Doctor Who special tomorrow? I have heard that rumour too. Yes. And the rumour has been sourced from Tom Baker himself. Yes. So you have to make a decision as to whether or not you believe him. Yeah. He does talk a load of old baloney sometimes. If you want a good read, go and buy Tom Baker's autobiography. Man alive, that's a book. Very quickly, uh, Steve, what's, what's your book again and where can people get it? Okay, the book is called Behind the Sofa, Celebrity Memories of Doctor Who. All the royalties are going to Alzheimer's Research UK. You can get it in every bookshop and all those online ones. The trust that runs Bedford Hospitals has had to take on 44 Spanish nurses because it can't find staff locally. It's not unique in having to look abroad to fill vacancies. A half of all trusts in the east of England are recruiting nurses from abroad. That's according to the Royal College of Nurses. Joined now by Nina Fraser, Director of Nursing and Patient Services at Bedford Hospital. Morning, Nina. Why do we need so many Spanish nurses? Good morning. Really good to speak to you, Mr Lee. Um, We need Spanish nurses, we need nurses at Bedford Hospital and um, what we do ordinarily to recruit to our nursing vacancies is recruit locally where we can, nationally and then if we need to um, we go further afield And and in this case at this position in time we've gone to Spain and been really fortunate to recruit 44 really good Spanish nurses. Why couldn't you recruit locally or nationally at at this time? So we have, we have recruited locally and we have recruited nationally and we also recruit our student nurses who qualify twice a year from the University of Bedfordshire. OK, but there's still a shortfall of 44. Why, why did you have to get those from abroad? So we, we have a current vacancy rate of 35. Um, we proactively went to Spain and we wanted to go to Spain because we've had really good feedback from other hospitals who've recruited from Spain. So back to the question, why, why couldn't you get those, those 44 nurses from, from the local area? area or from Britain? So we understand that the new figures show that following the Francis Inquiry report, the hospitals are planning to employ nearly 4,000 additional nurses over the coming months. And we're part of that, um, part of that number. Um, and we need um, nurses into our vacancies as soon as possible. So we, we have a recruitment process that we go through locally, okay. nationally, and then if we need to, we go internationally. Okay. I, I'll ask again. Why couldn't you get those 44 nurses locally or nationally? What was the problem? Well, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is there was a peak of demand. There has been a peak of demand for nursing staff within the UK and within England following the Francis Inquiry report. And as, as I said, we have tried proactively to recruit locally and nationally, and now we've gone internationally. Are we not training enough that. nurses? Is that the problem? So every year we plan how many nurses that we need to recruit, and every year we work with the University of Bedfordshire to plan the numbers of nurses. So someone's that we messed need. up spectacularly here if you're 44 short. No, we've also recruited this year, particularly you'll notice that I said that we had 35 vacancies and we've actually gone to recruit more than 35 because we're anticipating the winter period where we might need to open more beds. But if, you, so, if, you, if, you, if, if the whole the, the, the number of nurses you get and train is, is based on anticipation, well, someone has seriously underestimated if you're, you're 35, as you say, short and you have to go abroad. That's an underestimation, isn't it? Whose fault is that? Well, we plan every week. We plan how many vacancies we have, and we go and out. You, to you're short. Them. So, whose fault is it? You're short. So, we go out to recruit locally, nationally, and, and internationally. internationally if we need to. So, whose it's fault not, is it? You're short. Well, it's not about fault being short. This is about we've taken a really proactive approach to be able to get those nurses in really quickly. We've recruited with a, a recruitment agency who we know is a really good recruitment agency. It's but come Nina, highly Nina, recommended to us. Nina. Nina, yes. you said that you, 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 you have to calculate how many nurses you will need. Uh, obviously, someone has miscalculated by the fact that you've had to go and get so many nurses from abroad. So, so who miscalculated and how did that miscalculation happen? No, we haven't miscalculated. What I'm saying to you is that we... we then why are you so many north, nurses short? <laughs> we're, not nurse, we're not so many nurses short. We have a really excellent nurse bank here at Bedford Hospital, which is flexible to needs um, where there are vacancies or where there are additional needs for patients. So I'll go back to the first question because I'm missing something here, Nina. Why then, if you didn't underestimate, if you prefer to source nurses locally than nationally, why did you have to get so many nurses from abroad? That means there must be a shortage of British nurses. Well, clearly there is a shortage. Okay, let's. Okay, nurses. we're getting somewhere. Why is there a shortage of British nurses? Well, as I said to you, after the Francis Inquiry report, we oh. all of our hospitals have have taken a 
a, a review of nursing staff. Okay. And we're doing that twice a year. So I've just finished another review of nursing okay. staff. Why is there a shortage of British nurses? So what I'm saying to you is that we every year we plan how many nurses we need to recruit. And a, a nursing qualification takes three to four years to, to achieve. And so it takes time. We're going around in circles, Nina. So someone underestimated, but but there is a shortage of British nurses. The reason there's a shortage of British nurses is because it takes three years to to plan and train. But there is you're under someone underestimated. We're just going around in circles, Nina. You're not. You're answering the, the 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 next or the previous question. Well. You know, things change, and as national, um, new national reports come out, we, we consider them, and that's what we've done this time. OK, so and you can't answer why there's a shortage of British nurses. Well, I'm telling you that there, is, that there clearly is at the moment. Yes, and we the know. reason why? that there is is because there's a peak in demand for nursing staff, okay. not only because of making sure that we have the right numbers of nurses to care for staff of our patients on the ward, but also, right now, it's because I want to proactively recruit our recruit enough nurses to be able to care for people over the winter. OK, thank you very much indeed. I feel like we're going around in circles. She wants to recruit enough nurses, but someone underestimated, but there's a national shortage of nurses, but so they proactively recruit nurses, but they've got some from abroad. I, I, was anyone else following that? I didn't follow that. Very confused. I'm, I'm sure she came on with the best intentions. I couldn't understand what was going on. Thanks for listening and downloading the podcast, everyone. Leave a comment on iTunes. Share some love. Tune into Ian Lee. Weekdays from 6 till 9. BBC Three Counties Radio, always first for news. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, thanks. 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 Thanks, everyone. Bye. Take Appreciate care. it. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Wait, let's put the echo on. Bye. 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 Don't love you. Thanks for listening to this free download from BBC Three Counties Radio, your local radio station for beds, hearts and bucks on FM, AM, digital radio and online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. 